Kenny Pickett promises a different Steelers offense for 2023. Steelers Nation responds, it better be. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Stellas, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Given all the Steelers' secrecy regarding their OTA practices, it's been hard to get a true read of all the tweaks and twists in the team's offensive attack for 2023. In fact, Steelers' scribes covering these practices are forced to rely upon post-practice player interviews just to get an idea of the changes being installed by the off-criticized offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Even then, the players are being more cryptic about all of Canada's purported changes than they are being specific. Despite all this, it's becoming clear something potentially big is brewing for the coming season. In fact, second-year QB Kenny Pickett, who's entering his all-important sophomore season, says the Steelers' offense is night and day compared to this point last year. Quote, I went back and watched our first OTA last year. It's a different team, honestly. Not just player-wise, but in terms of plays and how much we've installed already. Credit to the coaching staff for being here, working hard, and guys showing up when they don't have to, and being here and knowing what they have to do. To be able to put six installs in, or five installs, where only really at one or two last time this year, unquote. Well, the news of a different Steelers offense for 2023 will be very welcome across Steelers Nation. Last season, the Canada-orchestrated attack ranked in the bottom half of the league. The Steelers were number 23 in total yards, 26th in points, and 27th in yards per play. Pickett, who started a dozen games his rookie year, never threw for more than a single TD in any game. He combined with Mitch Trubisky to toss the fewest touchdown passes in the entire NFL last season. Just 12 of the Steelers' 29 scores came the air. The bottom line is the Steelers' offense took a step back from Big Ben Roethlisberger's final season when he helped put up 20.2 points per game in the Canada system. In 2022, that fell to a paltry 18.1 points per game. Ouch. Needless to say, this level of offensive futility led to loud calls last offseason for Canada's head. Instead, he and his revamped Steelers playbook returned for a pivotal third season in the Burg. Big question remains what are Canada's changes for 2023? And more importantly, will they work? Of course, much of this remains shrouded in the Steelers' secrecy. But leave it to reliable third string QB Mason Rudolph to provide the most detailed account of the new offense to date. Rudolph, who recently resigned for a sixth Steelers season, has logged more time in the Canada system than any other QB. 
and he described the coming changes this way to TribLive.com. Quote, there are plenty of new concepts, I can tell you that, that I've had to learn. It's not the same mode of operation, unquote. Pressed for further details, Rudolph revealed this, quote, I'm not going to get too in-depth about it, but there is new stuff. I'm not going to say we're revolutionizing our offense and everything is changing, but there are some new things that can make us a lot better, unquote. Presumably, the revamped play calling, along with the Steelers' overhauled roster, is designed to pick up on the forward momentum the offense displayed to close out last season. As you'll remember, the Steelers' post-buy record was 7-2, with Kenny Pickett starting six of those games. He looked more and more comfortable, led some late-game comebacks, and benefited from a resurgent running game down the stretch. Center Mason Cole indicated the Steelers were just getting warmed up, telling Trib Live, quote, I think you saw last year the potential of our offense. We were playing well. I think our offense can be super efficient. When we were efficient on first down, we were efficient on the whole drive. We just have to be better in the red zone, and that goes without saying anytime you're not getting points, unquote. Thus, one of the big thrusts of Canada's continually tinkering with the offense must aim to solve some of the Steelers' red zone issues. Mitch Trubitsky indicated as much. Quote, it's going to continue to evolve, he told Trib Live of the Steelers' attack. We're adding things, we're tweaking things, we're keeping a lot of things from last year, but also adding some new things that we think are going to help. It's growing, unquote. A great example of the offensive evolution under Canada is the progress and development of his split-zone rushing scheme last season. Canada tinkered with the attack all season long, adding all kinds of wrinkles and motion to the basic concept of a wall of blockers working together on a designated track. In an in-depth analysis of the evolution of the play, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com describes how the this scheme reached a crescendo in the 16-13 Week 17 win over the Ravens in Baltimore. Behind the Steel Curtain points out that the Steelers ran some form of split zone 18 times that night, and they used it to set up several other plays. In the process, Pittsburgh held onto the football for 34-plus minutes piling up 351 total yards, including 198 on the ground. Quote, split zone was the catalyst to their big night running the football, the website declared. Now, looking ahead to 2023, Behind the Still Curtain predicts that Canada's further expansion of the split zone scheme could well become the springboard for a, quote, more diverse passing attack, another core run concept or two, better use of play action, and improved red zone efficiency, unquote. If Canada and his still under wraps 2023 playbook can accomplish all of this, the Steelers' offense will rise up from among the NFL also-rans 
in order to better compete with the high-powered attacks that now populate the AFC, notably in the Steelers' own division with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Moreover, Coach Mike Tomlin's patience with his much-maligned coordinator will be vindicated. Now, if Canada can't, hey, it's going to be a long season for Steelers Nation and a short career for the Steelers play caller. Hey, we have much more on all the intrigue surrounding the Steelers' still-secret 2023 offense, plus a look behind the scenes as superstar Pittsburgh pass rusher T.J. Watt fought through a season-changing injury last year only to double his resolve for 2023. It's all in this jam-packed edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. And be sure to check out my full print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, it's packed with plenty of memes bringing the latest, greatest Steelers debate to life and to laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. What's better than leading off with the Steelers' big new tight end, Darnell Washington? Washington sized up the outsized potential of the 2023 Steelers offense. And personally, I love, I love plus-size Pittsburgh tight ends. And my love of these big bodies catching the football go back to Eric Green. Remember him back in the 90s? Man, one of my faves. And if uh, the potential of Darnell Washington and his big body in the end zone, I mean, I just can't wait to see this guy. He alone could help uh, improve that red zone efficiency. So we have Washington dishing also to DK Sports Pittsburgh about this new Steelers offense and what he thinks the Steelers will be packing in 2023. He says, quote, we've got speed. We're going to be versatile, very versatile. You've got the speed. You've got the players who are big and physical. You've got great balls and a guy like George, George Pickens, of course. You've got, hey, whatever you name it, we got it, unquote. It sounds great from coming from Darnell Washington. And of course, the media is getting all reports about the offense filtered through the players' comments. So what does DK Sports owner and chief columnist think about all the hype about the 2023 Steelers' offense? Dejan Kosovic writes this, quote, I'll take George Pickens' hands, as Washington highlighted, as well as his size and speed. He's got it all. He might be the most gifted of them. I'll also fill in the square at quarterback with Kenny Pickett, at running back Najee Harris, at offensive line with sudden stability from left to right, at wide receiver with a varied group that'll have Calvin Austin III, that speedy small smurf, and Allen Robinson joining Pickens and Deontay Watson. And yeah, at tight end with Washington now piled on top of Pat Fryermuth. I'm not yet a buyer that any among them is some NFL megastar. And I'm currently seeing only Pickens as carrying such potential. But all those holes that unraveled all else over the past two seasons, and the very least, 
they're now filled with people who are, quote, starter capable, to borrow a Mike Tomlinism. They can play, and they can play a good brand of football. I believe that now for the first time in far too long about all 11 guys on offense. The pieces are in place, and the excuses are gone. Millions of dollars and a ton of draft capital have been invested. This buck lands firmly on the desk inside the coordinator's office. So, what will come from it? Well, this is where it just might get intriguing. For better or worse, in one direction or another, and please hear me out before snapping, since I've been anything but a Matt Canada proponent in his terrible tenure. The players with whom I'm speaking, including on this day, are describing a more ambitious, more aggressive, and infinitely more offense that Canada is installing for this season. Per the Steelers' practice guidelines, reporters are prohibited from relaying specifics from the sessions unless such information is confirmed by participants. But I'm plenty comfortable sharing here, based on countless conversations, that this offense will come with more schematics than ever. Players have confirmed all the screens I'm seeing, to, uh, to mention one, and play action and jet sweeps that aren't advertised on billboards beforehand, and maybe most striking, the constant variant variance of alignments and motions and even the prime personnel on a given play. For example, I didn't even list Connor Hayward in all of the what's above, but he's in more mixes than ever, and I'm not even sure what position the dude plays anymore, unquote. Hey, it sounds like Dijon is cautiously optimistic. He likes the players. He likes the talent, maybe not superstar talent, but talent across the board. And he's cautiously optimistic, I think, on the schematics being worked up by Canada. Of course, we've yet to really see any of it, uh, given the secrecy of the Steelers' OTAs. But, hey, it's intriguing as all get out. And I can't wait to lay eyes on this coming together. Of course, it is that time of year. OTAs are in high gear, and so are position battles among Steelers players. So who's winning and who's, what are the most hotly contested uh, position races? Well, we have Ray Fittipaldo with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sizing up the key contest for some very important starting jobs for the Steelers. Fittipaldo writes, quote, well, there's the Dan Moore-Broderick-Jones battle at left tackle and the Joey Porter Jr.-Levi Wallace battle at cornerback two. I think the expectation is the rookies will start at some point this season. It's just a matter of when they are ready. You also have Keanu Neal and DeMonte Kazee at strong safety, but both will have roles in the defense. I don't think it really matters all that much who is designated the starter there. And then you have slot cornerback. Shandon Sullivan is there, but you also have Patrick Peterson taking some reps there as well, unquote. Hey, in other words, I mean, there are battles all over the place, and player progress in each won't be really known likely until the dog days of August at Latrobe 
training camp and, of course, in the preseason. As for who Filipato picks as the runaway breakout star for the Steelers in 2023, he's sticking with a guy many in Pittsburgh are anticipating taking off like a rocket. Filipato writes this, quote, Would George Pickens qualify as a breakout player? He had 800 yards and four touchdowns as a rookie, but I think he can get over 1,000 yards and have eight touchdowns this year, unquote. Hey, let me repeat, eight tutties for Pickens, and that would be sweet. So how about the 2023 playing prospects for Pittsburgh's number one pick? I'm talking about the outsized offensive tackle out of Georgia, Roderick Jones. Here's what Filippaldo writes about the plans for Jones and how veteran tackle Dan Moore Jr. figures into them. Filippaldo writes, quote, It's a matter of when, not if Broderick Jones will take over as the starting left tackle for the Steelers. They did not spend the number 14 overall pick on Jones to watch him warm the bench for very long. Whether that happens in late summer or early fall will be up to Jones and how he develops. One of the overlooked aspects of Jones assuming the job is giving Dan Moore Jr. a chance to acclimate himself at right tackle. Moore, who has started every game at left tackle the past two seasons, is likely the future swing tackle, and he has got to get comfortable playing both sides. This past week, during the second week of offensive off-season training activities, OTAs, The Steelers coaches laid the groundwork for the transition when they had Moore take some reps at right tackle while Jones had some time with the starters at left tackle. Said Moore of the hard work of making the line switch in order to clear the way for Jones, quote, It's hard, man, but I'm getting into the swing of things. It will come. A lot of people think switching sides is super easy. It's looking different ways, pushing off a different leg. It's getting calls from a different direction. When you have so many snaps on one side and now you're being asked to move to a different side, especially at tackle where you're being asked to block crazy athletes like TJ Watt on an island most of the time, it's not an easy thing to do. It's definitely a little foreign to me, but it will come, unquote. There you have it. It will come. And so will Broderick Jones, who looks to start his Steelers career at some point in 2023. It's just a matter of time and technique, and I, for one, cannot wait. Now a look at a Steeler striving to maintain the highest, highest of playing standards. And, of course, the frustrations that come when a major injury prevents this, hampers this, I'm talking about T.J. Watt, true Steelers superstar and a superman. But his kryptonite in 2022 was a torn pec muscle suffered in the first game of the season. The injury loomed over his entire 2022. Now, in a revealing story, Mark Caboli with The Athletic goes behind the scene to chronicle how the high-achieving Steeler with even 
higher personal standards for his stellar play, dealt with this huge season-long setback. Caboli writes this, quote, T.J. Watt tore his left pectoral muscle four quarters into the 2022 season, cost him overtime of the opener seven games after that, which might have been the difference in the Steelers making or missing the playoffs. Was there something he could have done differently training for the season to avoid the injury? Watt was reassured eventually that it was indeed something that he could not have prevented. Quote, I've talked to so many different people and there was absolutely nothing I could have done in the offseason or working out to stop what happened to my pick, Watt told The Athletic. You have to continue to tell yourself that it was just a freak injury, unquote. Well, freak injury or not, perhaps a setback should not have been surprising. History has painted a bad picture for players coming off a 20-sack season. It has happened 13 times before, and nearly without fail, a precipitous drop-off in the next season followed. Quote, you think about it a lot, then you realize it's part of the game, Watts said. Once you understand that, it becomes tolerable to deal with, unquote. Hey, a torn peck isn't easily preventable. It simply happens when too much force is placed on the pectoral mu muscle or the tendon attaching it to the bone. With players getting bigger, stronger, and faster, the league is seeing more of these kinds of injuries. Knowing, that it, knowing all that, of course, doesn't make it better, but it was a little reassuring to watch. When he did return, TJ had to wear a harness, to restrict movement of his shoulder, he also battled through a rib injury, wearing a protective guard for a stretch before scrapping it because it was too restrictive. But all those hindered his ability to get back to his dominance of 2021 when he was named AP Defensive Player of the Year. Said Watt, quote, I was not 100% for a lot of games, and it was frustrating. I just wanted to play football and I couldn't the way I wanted to. It was tough. It wasn't easy. It sucked not being able to participate and not being able to put your hand in the pile, unquote. After seasons of 13, 14 and a half, 15, and 22 and a half sacks, Watt managed only five and a half last year in just over 500 snaps played. His absence showed up most in the standings. The Steelers went 1-6 in games that Watt missed. They were 8-2 in games he played, including 7-2 after his return, just missing out on the postseason in 2022. Over the past two seasons, in the games in which Watt left early or did not play, the Steelers are 2-11-1. In games he started and finished, they are 16-4, unquote. Hey, that is great stuff from Caboli as always. And it really shows Watt's commitment to his team, his own physical abilities, and of course his play on the football field. He wants to be great for the Steelers. And those stats showing how the Steelers fare with and without their Superman and their supercharge from Watt demonstrates just how important he really is in Pittsburgh.
Hey, and we're going to leave it there. I mean, we're going to leave it with this intriguing offense, this commitment to excellence on defense, and 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 really this defense in toto, and of course, led by Watt, is looking to make a step up in 2023. And if you combine the two, if both of them can make the move, boy, you got a hell of an interesting team to come. And of course, we'll be covering it all here on your Steelers Update podcast from Penn Live, and I'll have the latest. Steelers news on penlive.com. Check it all out and sign up where you get your favorite audio so you get the podcast fresh every Wednesday afternoon. And we'll be back every week, right up and to and through the 2023 Steelers season that holds so much prompt in Pittsburgh. Talk soon.